John chapter 3, verse 1 says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God. For no one could do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most, assur most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I want to point something out I didn't point out last week. And I'll go ahead and tell you, I, I could probably spend the next year in the first half of John chapter 3 <laughs> if I so desired. We'll see. I probably won't spend that long, but I could because <laughs> there's a lot here. Notice something. Nicodemus really wasn't adversarial here. In fact, he, he was... This is so early in, in the ministry of Jesus that even the rest of the Pharisees wasn't stirred up about, about him yet. Hello, do you know it was the religious crowd that got upset? Nicodemus, in fact, when you see him again in chapter 7, Nicodemus is always uh, pretty favorable to Jesus. But he says something that I, that I find interesting, and it prompted that interesting response. It says, in verse, in verse 2, it says, Rabbi, that's a high title coming from a Pharisee, by the way, grand teacher, great teacher. We know you are a teacher from God. We know. That's the order of the Pharisees. That's, that's the, the, the Sanhedrin. We know. He's speaking for the Jews. Collectively. There's a reason for that because they had came to the point... And, and Judaism and law and fence law and everything that went with it at that point, that the, that the Jews had literally came to the point that they believed that they were, they were God's people. They were, they were saved, if you will, that they were righteous just because they were born a Jew. Did you know that? That's why Paul so often says to the Jew first and then the Greek. Or for as many as believe on him. Or why it was prophesied, whosoever will. But the covenant was to Abraham and the people of Abraham. And they literally believed at this point that their salvation was in their birth. And he says, we believe. He's speaking for the Sanhedrin. And Jesus turned around and then didn't address we. He didn't address the collective. He, he addressed Nicodemus. He says, we believe that you are a teacher sent from God. Jesus said, and said, and Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, he didn't say, most assuredly, if he was Southern, he would say, most assuredly, I say to y'all. That's not what he said. Most assuredly, I say to you. Do I know in English that that could be, that you can be plural or singular? Yes, I do, but not in Greek. Most assuredly, I say to you, he said, he said, Nicodemus says, we know that you are a teacher sent from God. He was talking about their national salvation. And Jesus turned around and said, let me talk to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless 
How many? Unless one, you. <laughs> Most assuredly, I say, to unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He was, Nicodemus addressed the collective. Jesus answered with the direct to you. Most assuredly, King James, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I've been debating all day if I'm going to chase the kingdom or if I'm going to chase something else here in a second. So we're going to chase one or the other. And then what I don't chase this week, I'll chase next week. And Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, and most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, and it and you, but, you, but you cannot tell from where it comes and to where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. I'm going to address again, whatever is born of flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of spirit is spirit. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You should not eat? Has God not indeed, not, has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said, We may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not, you will not surely die. For God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and also gave her husband with her, and also gave her husband with her, and also gave her husband with her. She also gave her husband with her. Now I'm just saying that for 
because Eve gets a bad rap because Adam was with her. Hello? And she gave her husband with her and he ate. With her. I always say it didn't like he come home from whatever it is Adam done in the cool of the day when God wasn't around because he wasn't working. He wasn't working because working came with the curse. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. He didn't come and I had him home. He said, well, here, you hadn't tried this fruit. I was down in H-E-B and they had this and try it. That's not what happened. He was right there. He heard the whole conversation. Well, before I get on to where I'm going, I should say a few things. See, the first mistake was not the bite. The first mistake was the conversation. The first mistake was the conversation. And I, this is all important because it's going to get really important here in a minute because they had God's word. God will never hold you responsible for what he has not said. Do you know that? God will never hold you responsible for what he has not said. Say, well, they don't have the Bible. <laughs> Paul hadn't wrote the King James yet. <laughs> That's so wrong. I don't know why I say it. <laughs> they, ha they had the word of God. Straight from God. Straight from God. One thing, it's all yours, all of it, everything, however you want it. Name the animals, call them what you want. Where did the world he come up with hippopotamus? <laughs> I guess it, no one needed a good song one day about, I need someone a hippopotamus for Christmas. Yeah, only a hippopotamus will do. You know how many times I heard that song in Africa from a bunch of white people? The Africans look at you like you're nuts. They had the word of God. What was it? Everything is yours. You have dominion over everything. Eat anything you want. By the way, they were vegetarians. We ain't going to talk about that tonight, but they were prior to the fall. It says that all of it's yours to eat, everything, except one tree in the middle of the garden, don't eat of it. And the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. They literally, I want you to hear, there's something I want you to hear up front because it's going to be important in just a few minutes. They literally had one thing. One thing. One thing, that's it. One thing. Of the tree in the midst of the garden, you shall not eat. And the day that you do, you shall surely die. One thing. The conversation started out wrong in this way because he says the, the serpent was more cunning than all the creatures of the field. He was slick. Still is. He's still slick. He, the serpent, said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not 
eat of every tree in the garden? That's true. God did say you can eat of every tree in the garden except the one in the midst. See, that's the, that comes down to that truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. That comes down to a whole, that, that a half truth is a whole lie. Do you see that? Has not, has indeed God not said you can have every tree in the garden? And Eve says, correctly, now well, God said we have every tree of the garden except the one in the midst of the garden. And he said, we cannot eat it, we cannot touch it. And the day that we do, we will surely die. And the serpent says, you're not going to die. Has God said? What, let me tell you what's going on immediately. The first thing, the thing he still does. One thing. God said one thing. Satan done one thing. His agenda was to cause them immediately to question what God had said. You can't depend on the Word of God. Satan doesn't say that. Yes, it does. God said, in the day you shall eat of the tree, you shall surely die. The serpent says, you're not going to die. Now, what is that? He's undermining what God has said. Causing you to doubt the word of God. And here's what we know now. God was telling them, when God speaks about life and death, it's about eternal life and eternal death. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Did when Jesus paid the price at Calvary, did everybody start living forever? Physically? No. Well, everybody... Man, I could get into tall weeds, and I don't need to get into tall weeds right now because everybody lives forever. Everybody. Everybody lives forever. Your soul and spirit is eternal. Your body is the only thing you've got that's temporal. But it wasn't created to be temporal. But your soul and your spirit are eternal somewhere. To the believer, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You're not going to die. God says, in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die eternally. You'll be separated from me. Spiritual death. Satan says, you're not going to die. You're not going to fall. They didn't even know what die looked like. <laughs> I mean, the, the grass didn't bruise and the roses didn't fade. You're not going to die. He knows that in the day that you eat, you're going to be like him. You'll know good and evil. There was truth right there. Because the moment they partook, they knew good and evil. Immediately. The woman saw it was good. And then, then verse 8, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve hid themselves. From the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, I just love this, where are you? 
You realize who's asking the question? Where are you? And I'll remind you, you know this. If you don't, you do now. When God asks questions, he's not seeking information. He knows everything. God's not looking for information. So he said, Adam, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, God, who told you that you're naked? Question number two. Who told you that you're naked? I'll tell you who told them they were naked. The knowledge of good and evil. Conscience had came on the scene. (laughs) He said, who told you that you were naked? Listen to the third question. Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not that you should not eat? Remember when your mama used to ask you questions that you knew, that she knew the answer to? You think, oh, what do I do now? Because if I say, I deny, I know that she knows. But if I I deny, I'm going to get it for lying. If I admit it, I'm going to get it for doing it. You're going to get it. But God wouldn't have to get anybody. Conscience. Where are you? Who told you that? Did you eat? Hmm. You know what that is, Matt? That is the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that came on the scene. And then the med said, like any good husband would, that woman that you gave me. Yeah. She gave me of the tree and I ate. (laughs) And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. In verse 6 it says, When the woman saw that it was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, that the tree and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then their eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of God coming.
death came immediately when their eyes were open. He took and they had took a bite and it says their eyes were open. They had knowledge of good and evil. They knew. What's the first thing it says? They had knowledge of good and evil. They knew that they were naked. Immediately, they fashioned for themselves aprons out of fig leaves to cover their nakedness. Verse 20 says, And Adam called his wife Eve because she was born the mother of all living. Verse 21, Also, for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, capital U, us, plural, to know good and evil. And now lest he put his hand and take also the tree of life, eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent them out of the, the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. And he drove out the man and placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword with a flaming sword which he turned them away to guard the way to the tree of life. Whatsoever is a flesh is flesh. Whatsoever is of spirit is spirit. This is, the, this is the reason, the account of why you must be born again. Through one man, Adam, sin came into the world. Through one man, Jesus Christ, the second Adam, redemption came into the world. He's the only way. Hear me. He's the only way. He's the only way. And what you're hearing in these verses you must, uh, is when, God, when man was separated from God, whenever the fall occurred and the two proposed solutions to the problem. One is an act of flesh. One is the act of the Spirit. And only one counts. And what I want you to hear tonight is, this, is just exactly this. The, the enemy of your soul is always out to get you to doubt what God has said and what God has provided even today. He will cause you to think there's not just one way. There's any way. Any way you feel good about that is, that, is, that is the enemy of your soul coming in to cause you to doubt what God has said. And the whole, the whole problem was believing a lie and transgressing against God. It was rebellion. Do you want... We should probably talk for a second because I have never found the words to get people's mind around the severity of sin. It's so, it's so mentioned, it's so talked about, it's so preached about. This, this gospel is so, has become so complacent in the American ear that it's commonplace 
that it's not weighty anymore, and that we don't, we can't, we don't even try to understand the destructive nature of sin and how bad God hates it. I heard a quote from the late R.C. Sproul the other day. He was a great theologian. He was, Calvin, he was, he was a reformed theologian, but he was a, a great Bible mind. And the old mantra that we all know that we hate the sin and love the sinner. Okay. I read an incredible thing that may, I will never forget it. He said, while, of course, that is true, never lose sight of it's not the sin that goes to hell. It's the person. Do you understand how heavy that is? I'm going to say it again because when people say, love the sin, love the sin, hate the sin, not the sinner. You know as well as I do that most of the time that phrase is used to either shut someone up or to soften the blow. And there's no softening the blow of eternal death without God. And it's the truest thing, it's an incredible statement that keep, while it's true, we love the sinner and hate the sin, it's not the sinner that goes to hell. It's not the sin that goes to hell. It's the sinner. That's a good chance for in your mind at least to say, wow. 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 Sin is a big deal. And I say it often anymore. And hell is no joke. Well, I don't, I don't sin that bad. <laughs> Was it any worse than a bite of, an, of a piece of fruit? I, I, I'm, get, I'm going somewhere in just a minute. But I, I gotta, you got to think first. I, I, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a pretty good girl. I, I mean, I mean I don't, I've never killed anybody. I mean, I think that's what people think anymore. you got to kill somebody to go to hell. And then if it's their mama, she's probably not going because they probably deserved it. Whether they did or didn't. Am I crazy? No, I'm not crazy because that's how people are. You've watched them on TV. They killed 15 people and their mama's on TV squalling about how unfair the system is. And they're good people. Well, I got news, a couple of pieces of news on that one. That ain't good people. That ain't good people. Here's another news flash. This, this really shakes up. I mean, we're always talking about getting upset about what the crazies are doing out in the world. Let's talk about us just a minute. Because I got another news flash. I got another news flash. 
If that serial murderer, that serial rapist, that serial pedophile, that serial whatever they are, the darkest of sinners. If they cry out to a living God with a repentant heart, do you know what he'll do? He'll take a black heart and wash it in red blood and make it white as snow. That's what he'll do. Because there's grace, grace, marvelous grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, wonderful grace. Grace that is greater than all of our sin. I read in Romans where Paul told the Roman church, he said, where he talked about how bad it was. He says, where iniquity does abound, grace does much more abound. Aren't you glad it abounds? I'm telling you, you're glad that it abounds. You know why? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do you know what that that verse literally translates? For all have sinned and are falling short of the glory of God. Matt, I didn't fall short of the glory of God one time back when I was a kid. Calvin, right now, I'm falling short of the glory of God. But there's a remedy. There's a solution. There's an answer. (laughs) And it's born of the Spirit. Fanny Crosby, can you imagine... Wouldn't you love sometimes to be in somebody? Wouldn't you like to be there? Because, you know, there's things you don't just write off of. I think I'm just going to write a song. Well, I mean, they do a lot of that today because they got to fill their album. And, you know, it's an industry. But I don't think Fanny Crosby was trying to fill an album. When she wrote, this is my story. This is my song. You know, when she started writing Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation, purchased of God. I'm born of a spirit, and I'm washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. What she say? Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. See, whatsoever is born of flesh is flesh. Whatsoever is born of spirit is spirit. Every man of Adam's race was born of the flesh. The psalmist David wrote, I know that I was born in sin, shaping in iniquity, but I thank God. God's word of the tree in the midst of the garden, you shall not eat. In the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. 
die. Surely. Adam, where are you? Adam, who told you that? Did you eat of the tree, Adam? Adam come out in the clothes of flesh. See, he had been been clothed in the glory of God from his creation. It says when they, in, in the moment that they ate, immediately their eyes were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And immediately, the Bible says, that they fashioned for themselves aprons made of fig leaves. That's where I want to be, right there. Hear me. Everything that we do to prepare ourselves for a holy God that does not come through the blood of Jesus through faith and who he is and what he's done, is fig leaves. It was the work of their own hand to cover themselves, to cover their nakedness before a holy God. Like God can't see the fig trees. Before he ever laid eyes on them, he said, where are you? Well, I was afraid. (laughs) They had never known fear. They had known communion. You didn't hear me. We don't know how long there was from between when God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul and when, and when they partook of and, and, and fell in sin. We don't know how long it was. There's lots of people that speculating. You know what it is? Exactly that. It's exactly that. You know how I know it's exactly that? The Bible doesn't say. You can speculate all you want to. Some people say they fell the first day. Some people think they fell... You know, it's conjecture because the Bible doesn't say. There's no history to pull on by because they were the history. (laughs) Holy Spirit doesn't record it anywhere in the Word of God how long it was. But whatever space of time there was between the moment that God fashioned man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, God gave them life. God is the giver of life. Period. The only giver of life. The reprobate that hates him is, is, has the giver of life's breath in his lungs right now. The atheist, which should be the National Fool Society, 
Because a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. <laughs> has the breath of God in their lungs. We got to get that fixed. That's getting on my nerves. Every time I think I've got Jeff in the light, it goes out. That's the Pentecostal in him. He's in and out. In and out. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't believe that, but people think we do. <laughs> That's what people think. <laughs> yeah. Have the breath of God. I'm just going to remind you that I'm going to fig leaves. I need to remind you of something. Job, I love this verse. I, I think I said it Sunday. And Job, Job records that God says to Job, he says, if I withheld or if I withdrew my spirit and my breath, God's speaking. Remember, and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. He said, if I withdrew my spirit and my breath, he said, all flesh would perish together. That's everything that uses oxygen to live would die immediately and at the same time. That's the kind of things I read and it sinks in and I say, wow. Wow. Because that's the kind of thing that fools that reject who God, what God has done, made a way back to him, don't understand that everything they have, their very life is the grace of God. Because he could pull his breath at any time. He tells us that we're not even guaranteed our next breath. You know why? Because it's his. Fig leaves, whatsoever. I'm in John chapter 3, verse 3, in case you don't know. He says to Nicodemus, you must be born again. How? Can I enter again? Oh. I think Jesus kind of looked at him like this. Now, when y'all preach, y'all can have Jesus make any face you want him to. But I think he is like... Whatever's flesh is flesh. Whatever spirit is spirit. But you, we see how foolish it is that we see how foolish it is that their answer was, whoo, eyes are open, whoo, whoo, naked, fig leaves. God's coming, fig leaves. I'm trying to teach y'all people how to read the Bible. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> See, y'all are bored when you read it. I'm like, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah. And, and we think, that's so apparent, but you know that everything we do to try to make ourselves right from God that, doesn't, that leaves him out, it's just fig leaves. Even the stuff that you should do. See, people think they need to be, re there's things we need to repent of. See, well, we got to repent. We've been around dirty words for years. Repent was a dirty word. 
And repent is God's command. Repent's how you get to Him. And people think, oh, I don't have anything to repent of. You need to understand something. Yeah, we think you got to repent. All, you know, I didn't kill nobody. I didn't run over nobody. I didn't, I didn't steal from nobody. You, that's all good and that's all fine. And that's, that's fine. But we don't only need to repent of the bad things that we do. We need to repent of all the good things that we do. Oh, <laughs> y'all didn't even hear that because you know, you're thinking, what now? You're thinking, what? All the good things that we do that God never asked us to do. All the ways we tried to improve ourselves to improve me without Him. Oh, I think y'all think I'm off script. That cannot be possible. JR, what are you talking about? Then, you know, everything I did, you know, did you ever have one of the little star boards when you was growing up? You know, when you done this, you get a star? Yeah. That's how I potty trained boys. Yeah. <laughs> I put a star board on their bedroom door, and, you know, and they got a whole week's worth of stars. They got something, they got a prize. You ain't earning no stars with God. No, it's not a brownie point system. Oh, y'all ain't understanding me. God, you're going to be proud of me. I didn't tell anybody off today. That's good. How many of you know that's good? That's good. That's good that you didn't tell anybody off today because some days I want to. And I got, no, I got news for you. Sometimes I just do. Now, my want to's have changed. I don't want to. But sometimes I do. <laughs> and, I, and I feel, oh, you know, I used to not care. Now, in fact, it was, used to be a point of pride. I'm telling you, you spoke, because I'm never short of words to say. I know it's shocking, but I'm never short of words to say. <laughs> now she gets saved. <laughs> you know, have you, have you ever have you been, somebody jumped on you and got crossways with you and you, you, were, you started crying or whatever it is you do and... and you got home and you think, oh, I wish I'd have said this and I wish I'd have thought to say that. You thought of everything you should have said an hour later. That ain't me. <laughs> everything I need to say comes pretty quick. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I'm on my way 20 seconds later thinking, man, I wish I hadn't have said that. Yeah. Mm -mm. You know, there's time I was pretty proud of that. Man, I can cut you off at the ground. You ain't getting ahead of me. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. You know, you're not supposed to do that. That's called, that's, there's something in the fruit of the Spirit called self-control. But I'm talking about, you know, I, I, I mean, I've been a month. God, I, I mean, I've been a month. Aren't you proud of me? Aren't you proud of me? 
I'm holy. You know what that is? Fig leaves. Fig leaves. Because you know what? I'm not holy because I didn't do something that I shouldn't have done. Let me say that I am going to. You knew I was going to. I'm not holy because I didn't do something that I shouldn't have done. Let me tell you what else I'm not holy for. I'm not holy when I did do what I should do. None of that earned me anything. Has anybody ever rewarded their kids because they didn't beat their brother up today? I mean, I know some of them. I know some of your kids. Some of them, that's progress. But did you reward? <laughs> did you reward them for it? For doing? Uh, well, let's have a party because little dummy didn't do what he wasn't supposed to not do. I've been to church every Sunday for 40 years. Yeah, but you're mean as a snake. <laughs> now, I'm not knocking church. You ought to go to church. You, ought, you really should. I've mean, well, got to hurry. I'll tell you a story right there. But you really should. But you know what? That doesn't make you pleasing to God. That's what you should be doing. Well, I, you know, here, l- listen, because it was, it was the, Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, right? Was that what it was? I saw the Bible. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. That was the fall, right? Pride? I'm talking about fig leaves. What am I talking What's fig leaves about? It's about what won't cover you with God. Whatever's born of flesh is flesh. And what am I trying to, if you can do it, you don't need God. And it didn't make you holy. It didn't make you righteous because there's nothing you can do to earn anything with God. There's things you should do because God told you to. You know what that's called? That's called obedience. That's called obedience. Less the eyes, less the flesh, pride of life. Here, listen, listen to what it can sound like. I fasted three days last month. Well, even that. But let, let, me, let me show you what it looks like. I fasted seven. You know what? If God didn't, if you didn't do that as unto God, God, really, if God didn't even ask you to, so what? So what? So what? Israel preach. No, say, well, I can't even see which one it is from the back. It's one of them babies. Huh. I got, I, I got a question. Am I making sense to anybody yet? Because whatever's born of flesh is flesh. You know what? It would probably be, a, we would probably be shocked and amazed what we could do with prayer if we would stop substituting prayer for our obedience. You're supposed to pray. 
prayer would be much more effective if we prayed as unto God if it, instead of, because prayer is really mostly a substitute for most people for obedience. Oh, you don't even know what that means. That is when you did what you knew you shouldn't do and you did it anyway and you got caught. Now you're fasting and praying for the cancel the consequences. Then you're mad at God because he didn't. Ain't under any obligation to deliver you from you. Right. <laughs> sometimes I'm glad for some grace sometimes. But you know what? Really, the, you, know, you want to know the spiritual law on that? Because God does everything legally. I'm talking about the law of Moses. Do you know what the spiritual law on that is? Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. They're all rebuking the devil and casting out the devil and blaming the devil. And it wasn't the devil, it was you. It was you. It was you. Well, preacher, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, right, you're right. Everything happens for a reason. 90% of the time, the reason is you were dumb and made a bad mistake. Y'all don't, I don't think I'm supposed to say it that plain. How many of you heard it? Everything happened. You know, they got, they got run over out of, whatever. Killed them dead. Well, everything happens for a reason. Well, yeah, the reason was is they jumped out of a plane without a parachute. That's the reason. The reason was that they dove off a cliff into two foot of water. Yeah, that's the reason. The reason... I'm trying to cut through some stuff so I can get to the main point in a minute. Sometimes you just got to cut through some stuff. This is just real. Adam and Eve, well, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, the reason was God told you not to eat of that tree, and you did. That's the reason. God didn't do it. You did. And now you're naked, and God wants to know where you're at and what you're doing. And now you got fig leaves, and he saw through them. And you think, what am I going to do now? And he says, well, you're going to curse the, he said, we're going to curse the serpent, first of all. So then you're going to have pain in your childbirth. That's the next thing. And he said, by the way, Adam, from now on, everybody is going to work from the dust that I pulled you from. That's what it says. So you can live. You know why? You know why? I owe, I owe to off to work I go. Everything happens for a reason, and the reason was sin. That was the reason. And there's not, there's no, listen to me. What I'm trying to get across, maybe poorly, maybe good, maybe good, I don't know. What I'm trying to get you to understand is there's no solution for the sin problem in your life, my life, or anybody else's life other than the blood of Jesus. Whatever is born of flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of spirit, this is what Jesus is saying to him. You must be born again. He's telling them, Nicodemus, the law is not going to do it. The law is righteous, but it has no power in it to save you. You're, you're, the things God's asked you to do that you're doing, that's all good, but it won't save you. Your rituals won't save you. You can fast until they, that's what Pentecostals love to fast. Fasting's biblical. Fasting's biblical. The Bible says when you fast, that's not it, when. But it won't save you. You can fast until they can thread you through a keyhole. 
But if you haven't repented, put your sin under the blood of Jesus. If you haven't been born again, you will have, be a skinny corpse. And eternally lost. You can do great things. Hey, I don't have time to talk about that evil people do good things. I don't have enough time to talk about that tonight. That's the confusion that's in the world today. That they, people don't understand that evil people do good things. But it's always for their purpose. It's always, and it may be even for that good thing that that evil person done may even be their fig leaves. They think they're pleasing to God. You can burn candles until we run out of bees to make wax. You can count beads, chant beads, and everything else with beads until we run out of beads. You can shun die and hun die. Y'all thought I was going to leave us out. <laughs> Let me help you, just in case you think I'm wrong on that. Because I don't have nothing to say if I ain't got scripture for it. Have you figured that out? And by the way, I don't have nothing to say if I ain't got scripture for it in context. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and I don't have love, I'm nothing. Though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And I have all faith. You know what he's really talking about right there? If I know this book from front to back and inside out. And I don't have him. He's not talking about I've got kissy love. He's talking about i got the love of God in me. Let me help you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. I firmly believe that the fruit of the Spirit is love and everything else. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And everything furls out of love because it's, it's love if you don't have that you don't have anything. And it's love in verse 8 that says never fails. It's perfect love that casts out all fear. It's that God is love, and God is love. It's who He is. It's, it's not just, it's, it's what He is. But you can, you can do. So I have faith that I can remove mountains, but I have not love. I'm nothing. That kid is preaching. And though I bestow, listen, this is all people. Just, love, just doing good things. Just good things. Just good things. Good things. Good things. Good things. Good things. Oh, Brandon, tell me not to say it. You see the kind of help I got? You see the kind of help? Staff. Jeff, help me. Say me not. Don't say it. Matt. 
Though I bestow all my goods and feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. Sounding brass, clanging cymbal. It's time to step on it. We used to, the oddest, forgive me, I'm not rebuking anybody. I'm going to tell you right up front because I'm going to say it. It's just a true statement. Now, I haven't said it in public, but I'm going to say it in public tonight. Okay, is that okay? Before we, before we go, if you've been here since 2019 or before, say, I love my pastor. Thank you. Say it again. Everybody in favor? Yay. Everybody against? Yeah. Yeah. When we used to give away shoes by the thousands and they line up around the block and we felt so good about ourselves. I wanted one of those. I felt, oh, I felt, I felt great about myself. It didn't earn me anything with God. Not a thing. Is it a good thing? Sure. Anything wrong with it? Nah. But you know what I realized? We spent all that money, all that time, all that work, all those people, and we offered them nothing of the Word of God. Nothing. We didn't even put a slip in the shoe that says, For God so loved the world, or a sticker on the box that says, Jesus loves you. We didn't pray with them, we didn't talk with them, we, didn't. we called it outreach, and guess what? It wasn't the only thing that got reached out was our checkbook. Is there anything wrong with it? Is it a good thing to be charitable? Of course it's a good thing. But if you're calling it the work of God when you don't do the work of God, you didn't do anything. But you sure felt good about it. And I was there. I'm not, not, let me back. I love my pastor. That crowd fell. That vote fell. Did you hear the, fail? Did you hear the vote go down? You can give every coat away in the county, every pair of shoes away in the county. You can give away, you can feed every hungry mouth in the county. All that's good, all that's fine. And you know what? Christian people should do for people. That's not the point. The point is the things we do, call it evangelism, call it outreach, for the things that make us look good, feel good, that bring us closer to God, and it's all for nothing. If he didn't direct it, if he didn't orchestrate it, and if it didn't come through the Spirit. I'm trying to get you. I, I need to do continue because I can't finish in five minutes. I'm trying to get us to understand. And I say it all the time, and I may say it's too much that people don't even, that just let it pass through the ears. The church today, particularly in America, is so far from the book that it's unrecognizable. I'm not talking about denominations. Anybody's. 
I'm talking about what's preached and what's taught. You can give great things that are true about God and never give the truth about God. Do you know that? You can preach what's true about God and never give the truth of God. Because there's only one way. Here's what I'm thankful for. I, I, I can't finish tonight. But I can tell you this. I am thankful that my salvation and my eternal life doesn't depend on me. You know what I'm even more thankful for? Especially on some Sundays. There's some, some Sundays and Wednesdays I'm especially thankful for that my eternal life and my, <laughs> doesn't depend on you. And you know what? You're glad that yours doesn't depend on me sometimes. Some of you wouldn't make it. Now, I'd feel bad about it within 10 seconds, but you'd done me smoked. It's true. I ain't too loved, hate to love you. You're dead. You've been sent to your reward, whatever that might be. <laughs> no. Oh, I, I can spend some time on John chapter 3 because we don't even understand it anymore. Especially to the degree that we need to understand it. When you're born of the Spirit, it's a, it's a supernatural. Listen to me. It is a, it's not an act of the Assemblies of God or the Southern Baptist or of Rome or of anybody else. It's not an act of an organization. It's not an act of a pastor. It's not an act of a church. There's nothing anybody, those people can do for you that doesn't just give you the truth of God's Word. Salvation, eternal life, is a supernatural act of God that comes by one means that's through the blood of Jesus. There's no other way. There's no, there's no other way. And you know what? It will, when you get, when you're born again, it will change you. I'm, I'm wrapping up quickly as I can tonight. It will change you. I want to say that every time. If you're born again, it will change you. If it didn't change you, you didn't get saved. You say, how can you say that? That's awful judgy. How, how am I going to prove that? Because if a man is in Christ, he's a new creation. That's not me. That's the word. Did it make you a spiritually mature adult Christian right off the bat? No, you're a babe in Christ. But you know what it did? It changed you. If it didn't change you, you didn't get saved. You repeated words. You you, you went through a religious act. You went through a mantra. You, you sold religious fig leaves. They can be gilded in gold, dripping with diamonds, and often is. I've been to midnight stuff, because I'm from that kind of country, where, where the dude out front in the pointy hat had a $200,000 worth of gems dripping off of his body. In that procession. And guess what? It didn't bring him an inch closer to God. 
not an inch. When Simon the sorcerer wanted to buy the gift of God, Peter said, your money perish with you. Salvation is about following him. You know what salvation, Calvin, it's about following him. You know what, it's about making disciples. It's about following him. It's about everything. He gets everything. Do you know what he wants? Everything. He's everything. Nothing before him. He wants everything. He wants everything. The rich young ruler came and said, Jesus, I want to follow you. He said, very good. Go back, sell everything you own, give it to the poor, and come on. And he left sorrowful. He wants everything. He changes everything. Whatever's flesh is flesh. Whatever spirit is spirit, we'll pick up there next week. Father in heaven, we love you. We love you. Gotta have you. Lord, let this word take root in our heart tonight. Lord, let us leave changed by your word. Lord, let us be changed, stirred in our heart even now. Lord, that we surrender at all. Lord, there doesn't have to be big celebrations. There have to be big parades. There doesn't have to be big productions. What you want is people to turn to you and follow you. Repent of who they are and what they've done and follow you. Give us your whole life. And Lord, we thank you that you illuminate your word and you open it. And we give you praise for it. In Jesus' name.